Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast, the only podcast to have a star appear above us and fucking stalk us. That's how they found me when I was born. No, wait, that was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is all about me. This podcast is on Matthew. Right. We're going to do an entire podcast on Matthew. It will be lost immediately in your going to say, hopefully it doesn't crash like the last one. <laughs> uh, skunk dicks? Should we get to skunk, skunk. dicks first? Dick, sure. Would you like to begin? My first skunk dick is uh, Scott Lively, who uh, is launching a campaign to create an amendment to the First Amendment, right? Wait a second. You can't amend an amendment? It's an amendment squared. Good luck, Scott I think it's Lively. like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters. Right. The whole Constitution will <laughs> explode. <laughs> it will be hanging by a thread. Um, here's the amendment he wants to do. He says, In no circumstance shall sexual orientation regulation supersede the First Amendment rights of individuals, churches, and religious organizations to freedom of speech and the free exercise of religion. So he wants to be able to continue to discriminate against gays, lesbians, transgenders, because he doesn't want the the uh, anti-discrimination laws to infringe upon his freedom of speech. And it's only religious organizations that's included in here. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and only sexual orientation regulations? Yes. Is that, is that the best he can do? That's the only <laughs> area he wants to, uh, to be able to continue to discriminate. Once again, um, they don't understand how this thing works. No one prevents you from speaking out against gays. Uh, you just are recognized as a bigot because of it. Right. I guess that, you know, he doesn't, he wants a free pass on this. Um, or maybe he's just scared that the government will come in and force him to marry a couple gay people. That's right. They might force him to take a dick up his ass. Yeah. Uh, during, he's afraid of that. During the marriage. Uh, that's skunk dick uh, candidate number one, Scott Lively. He also, um, he's got a long history of this uh, gay obsession. Uh, he says God sent meningitis to punish gays. What? <laughs> he claims to have um, exploded a Massachusetts strip club with his prayers. He exploded one? Yes. <laughs> That's usually not what explodes in strip clubs. Uh, he applauds Uganda's brutal oppression of gay people and uh, he, wa- he launched an uh, Oklahoma campaign to legalize anti-gay discrimination. <laughs> He says gay, gay-friendly politicians should be tarred and feathered. <laughs> you, what? If you're friends with them. What is he, like an 80s fraternity villain? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Scott Lively, candidate number one. What an oddly specific uh, malady to wish upon gay people. <laughs> Meningitis? <laughs> Did he say viral or bacterial? Because, that, you know. He didn't specify. Probably all meningitis. All meningitis. Well, good luck, Scott Lively. What do you got? I've got a new subcategory to the skunk dick under uh, still a dick (laughs) is is the Pope. Remember that guy? Pope Francis. Yeah, fuck the Pope. Fuck the Pope. Fuck the Pope. Oh, I should get a t-shirt that says that. Sure, that would go. Anyway, he said some something about it's more stuff about gays. If someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill, who am I to judge? 
The tendency to homosexuality is not the problem. Guess what the problem is, Chuck? What is the problem? It's acting out on homosexuality. Ah, so they're aligning themselves with the Mormons. I guess so, yeah. It's okay to be gay, you just can't act on it. Right. This is nothing new. This has been the church's stance since, uh, I think, 1992 was how they've decided to – they can accept homosexuals with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. But it's still a sin, you know? Pope Francis, still a dick. All right. um, Skunk dick candidate number three. Are we up to three already? I think so. I got to take notes on this. <laughs> Sent get lost. in by a uh, longtime listener, Anders, about the uh, requirements, apparently, to be a, a, a true geek girl. What's the requirements? Well, I didn't know that there was any requirements. You know, when I watched that one, uh, Trekkies, where the guys were so happy to have a girl a- at their party. Uh-huh. Last year, even a girl came. Um, you'd think that these nerds would be just jizzing in their pants over the presence of a girl. But uh, we have this story. My cousin went to uh, San Diego Comic-Con this week. On her first day at the convention, she was dressed as Emma Frost because she loves the image of a powerful woman who isn't afraid of her sexuality. Right? So a girl goes there and what's it, cosplays as Emma Frost. She's dressed up as Emma Frost. Uh, she plays computer she's games. She's the one who turns into diamonds. Is that Emma Frost? Or I think she... that, yeah, she's psychic. Um, psychic to you. Okay. She participates as often as she can in any role-playing game she can find. She has almost the entire collection of Munchkin. She's a geek, and she loves being a geek. All right, so she's got her geek cred, right? Right. On her first day at the convention, she was ambushed by those trolls who seek to shame women into either being the biggest geek of all or getting out of the geek lifestyle. She was assaulted with various trivia about the Marvel Universe, the X-Men franchise, and Emma Frost, and she failed. Yeah, no shit. I I think I just failed. Jesus (laughs) Christ. The fuck? So, um, a girl's there, dressed as a, a character, and your first response was, Oh, no, you didn't! <laughs> what do you know about Emma Frost? Get the fuck out of here! You sound just like Patton Oswalt there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are these people that think they get to define the level of geekitude that certifies you? I have no idea. Um, true geeks, I guess, that just want to be fucking alone in their mother's basement. I guess so. And uh, <laughs> never go out and meet anyone. This is probably their one outing of the entire year. Right. They emerge from their mother's basement, go to the San Diego Comic-Con, and get really pissed off that this person mm-hmm. is wearing an Emma Frost costume, but doesn't know the ver- every last fucking detail about Emma Frost. I, they're just ticked that... They're so socially inept that they have no chance of getting with their fantasy meat puppet girl that they'd like to be with. That they spend all of their time with on the computer. Right. Ah, Lord. Um, So anyway, yeah. So for those geeks, your loneliness is self-inflicted. I call their geekitude out. (laughs) (laughs) They they destroy me in trivia, but... I had no idea there was a standard to be uh, a geek. You know, in order to wear a costume, an Iron Man costume or a Harry Potter costume, you got to know every fucking last detail. All right, uh, next skunk dick candidate, all yours. Next skunk dick. Now, you've probably, this is also the subcategory, still a dick. So there was a Norwegian woman in the United Arab Emirates who, um, who was raped. 
She claimed she was raped by a coworker. And so he was promptly arrested, found guilty, and sent to jail, right? After a fair trial. Of course, this is the uh, United Arab Emirates we're talking about here. Bastion right. of uh, feminism and uh, freedoms for everybody. Exactly. Now, she was charged with having sex outside marriage after going to the police. Of course she did. That's true. <laughs> she did have sex outside marriage. Yeah, you go to the police, you say, uh, hey, I was raped. They're like, so you had sex outside marriage? You're in jail. <laughs> yeah, they they came over and uh, they were uh, apparently very irritated that they were even called. And their first question was, so did you just call us because you didn't like it? Right. Oh, my God. So because her story was going public, they uh, they have released her. So there was like a kind of a happy ending here. No pun intended. Um, uh, yeah. She, However, had she, she not been uh, a citizen of a different country and had this not got a bunch of press. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is probably par for the course for the uh, United Arab Emirates. Well, probably no Emir- Emirati, Emir UAE or I don't know. What do you call someone from the Emirates? No Emirates woman would probably report rape, ever. Uh, I mean... I see. Unless, unless you were married, I guess. But then they'd probably have something else. Oh, you had, you're an adulterer now. Right. You know? It seems like it's dangerous to report it. Jesus Christ. UAE, still a dick. Still a dick. All right. Uh, who's, what's your vote for, then? My vote is for the UAE. The most recent, whatever. Do you always vote for the most recent one that we just... <laughs> I always vote for the last one I said. <laughs> the only because... one you can remember. That's right. <laughs> My memory has been riddled by marijuana use and... I'm torn. I'm, I'm suffering from uh, fatigue against uh, all these religious bastards who discriminate against uh, the lesbians and gays. I want to go with Scott Lively, but it's just... It's the obvious call, I think. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the geeks who uh, whose object of their existence is to make life miserable for people who just want to fucking wear a costume and go to a goddamn con. Stupid That's geeks. my vote. Who's the actual skunk dick of the week? The winner is San Diego Mayor Bob Filner. <laughs> he was scheduled to deliver a keynote address, and guess what? Still a dick territory. Sexual assault in the military. Oh yeah, we've we've uh, never covered that before. What do you think? That he was accused of doing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. After three women came forward this week alleging the mayor had sexually harassed them in the past, the invitation was revoked. Um, You know, I I don't know about that, Matt. It seems like, again, he's an expert in the topic. (laughs) Right. He should be the one speaking at the event. Yes. So really the skunk dick is the National Women's Veterans Association, I guess, right? For not recognizing (laughs) expertise when it's right in front of their face. He's right there. He knows all about it. Oh, my God. Every time. Every every fucking time. time. Every fucking time. When is Scott Lively coming out? That's that's just what I'm waiting for. Jesus Christ. Uh, You'll hear about it pretty soon, I think. Um, And you know, Scott, it's okay. It's okay. Right. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. But I'm going to discriminate the shit against you when you come out. (laughs) Right. I'm going to amend the Constitution only to exempt Scott Lively from it. I'm going to fucking give you meningitis. <laughs> All right. Um, very quickly, iTunes reviews. Raunchy, sexy, cool, five-star by Anthony BC. I was devastated when I heard your five-minute podcast about you and Leighton's breakup. I mean, business deal gone awry or whatever. 
I assume the businesses didn't work had something to do with third world Asian children, as you don't talk about them anymore. Yeah, we got our ring busted up. That's right. I had no, I had no part of that business. <laughs> uh, you're going down with me, Matt. You'll never take me. Uh, let's see here. You rock by Monkey Tuesday? Question mark. Monkey Tuesday. <laughs> Can't get enough of this podcast. Would love to hear another show on Jehovah's Witnesses. Only this time I challenge you to go to a local kingdom hall and sit through a watchtower study as part of your... Re- oh, my God. I don't know if I could do that. Holy shit. Is there a watchtower study group in Utah nearby? There's got to be. I used to work with the Jehovah's Witnesses and, and tell my boss told me to stop. He told me to leave her alone, basically. <laughs> All right, Matt, it's up to you to find... A watchtower study group? A watchtower study group. You got it. I dare you to go to one with me if I find one. <laughs> I, I might I not can, show up, though. I don't know if I can do it. I definitely uh, would rely on you for that one. They're all secretive and stuff. I don't think they... Uh, Matt, that's your first assignment on irreligiosity. Oh, great. All right, let's talk about Matthew. Yes. Matthew, the first... Gospel of the New Testament, although it was written after Mark. The tradition was that uh, since Matthew is supposedly the most Jewish of the Gospels, Jewy, it was it's a very Jewy gospel. It was thought that it was the uh, first written, of course, because you know Jesus was a Jew, his followers were Jews, so the most Jewish gospel, therefore, first written. After that would be more Christian type gospels. Plus, it is the noblest of names, and so of course they would put it into the first. The asshole pole position. Ah! <laughs> it was likely written by a Greek-speaking author familiar with the Hebrew Bible, probably around 80 to 85 of the Common Era. So that's about 10 to 15 years after Mark, because it uses Mark as a source, so you got to give Mark some time to kind of uh, get copied and distribute uh, and become kind of spread out and well-known. Uh, and it's also about the time that um, the Christians were getting kicked out of the synagogues, right? Was that the Birkat Haminin, where the uh, Jews said that the Messianists can no longer worship beside them in their synagogues? Yeah. And so uh, they're becoming in conflict with the uh, the Christians, are becoming in conflict with the Jews. And uh, Matthew is a... Um, as opposed to Mark, where he kind of references Scripture, Matthew uh, uses all these formula citations. It's like, you know, it's like Jesus is walking around in the Gospel of Matthew with a fucking checklist. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to fulfill this scripture. Oh, yeah, this one. Okay, got that one. He's fucking crucified. Oh, I'm supposed to drink some vinegar, maybe? Some gall? Oh, good. Done. <laughs> oh, leave the crucifixion for last, though. All right. Um, Makes it difficult to do everything else. Well, let's start it then. Uh, Matthew begins with a genealogy of Jesus. He divides this between three sets of 14 generations. Uh, he starts with Abraham. You know, Luke starts with Adam. He fucking apparently has a list going all the way to Adam. Matthew starts from Abraham and goes from Abraham to King David, so that's 14 generations. From King David to the captivity of Babylon's 14 generations. And the captivity of Babylon to Jesus is 14 generations. So, you know, every 14 generations, something really important happens, right? Wait, 14, 14, 14. Oh my God, Chuck. It's got to be true. Yeah, I don't get it. Unfortunately, <laughs> Matthew cheated not once but twice in this. I don't know if the second one's a cheat, but the first one is, in Matthew 1, 8, we have, and Asa the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham. So he gives all these generations, right? 
But uh, if you go to First Chronicles chapter three verse ten, you have the descendants of Solomon listed as uh, Asa his son. So he's a son of Abijah, I guess. Asa his son, Josephat his son, Joram his son, Ahaziah his son, Joash his son, Amaziah his son, Azariah his son, Jotham his son. So he's he's dropped fucking three generations in there. Wait, who did he skip? Did he skip Uzziah? Yeah, um, from Joram to Uzziah, and then he skipped Joash, Amaziah, and Azariah, because he goes directly from Uzziah to Jotham. See, I thought he skipped Jehoshaphat, and that's where that phrase comes from. Jumping Jehoshaphat! Because <laughs> <laughs> he jumped over him. But he didn't. That would have been awesome, though. That would have been awesome. It may be true. Uh, the genealogy in First uh, Chronicles is repeated in Second Kings. So this source that Matthew is using, the Hebrew Bible, he's fudging to get it as uh, 14 generations. Fuck you, Matt. We that is, caught you. That is, that is unheard of. For somebody to fudge numbers in order to make some sort of specific reference. Right. So I'm listening to lectures, and both like Bart Ehrman and uh, Timothy Johnson are like, you know, the wrong question to ask is, is this list historical? The right question to ask, you know, is, is why is he doing it? And it's to establish that Jesus is the son of David, right? Well, hey, dipshits, if it's not historical, he's not the fucking son of David. But if he's not the son of David, then he's not the king of the Jews. So, I don't know what their right question, wrong question is. Of course it's not historical. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um, the, the a bigger problem may be that Matt's last set of Matthew's last set of fourteen only has thirteen names. So I don't know what. How that did is. they? Who pulled that off? <laughs> I don't know whether that's a copying error or whether Matthew originally had fourteen in his manuscript or originally had thirteen. I don't know. But there's, there's no, only thirteen. There's no copying errors, Chuck. We've already learned. That's I read right. this book once. It told me there's no chance. There's a less than zero chance of a copying <laughs> error occurring. Especially with boring shit like names, where you pay real close attention to. Oh, fuck. So who was the one he left off? Or did he include somebody that did not contribute to the line? Shit, I don't know. Oh. Because the, the 14, I think, going down to uh, is just kind of made up. So who knows where uh, whatever one dropped off. Or maybe he just yeah, didn't I, count right. I thought he included Joseph, but that shouldn't really count. <laughs> Joseph, right? right? You count him. Jesus is number thirteen. The you know the main problem here is the genealogy goes through Joseph, like you mentioned. So the Joseph seed doesn't contribute to Jesus's genetic material. So the whole list is worthless. Jesus did not descend from David, but from God. So he can't be king of the Jews because he didn't descend from David, but uh, from not from David's spooge, but from God's spooge. Well, maybe he adopted him. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. Well, well where did Mary come from? Does she have a genealogy? Or we don't care about women in this time, do we? Well, it's funny because in Luke, Mary's pretty important. But in Matthew, it's all about Joseph. So the, the next uh, couple of verses are about the nativity. Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant and plans to dismiss her quietly. Uh, but before that can happen, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Or Emmanuel, I don't fucking care. For he will save his people from their sins. So basically what he said was, hey, Mary didn't fuck just anybody. She fucked God. So right. go ahead and keep Mary. Do, do not dismiss her. Do not <laughs> dismiss her. 
Go ahead and marry her. Don't stone her. Uh, don't drag her out and have her stoned. But if you do stone her, stone her with stones. Yes. If this is the case, if this angel appeared to Joseph, um, and remember this again when we read Luke's account, because it's totally different. But uh, if uh, the angel appeared to Joseph, why did uh, Jesus' family th- think he was crazy in Mark chapter 3, verse 21? Because the angel only appeared to Joseph in a oh, dream. Not- that's right. Not Joseph his, probably had, family. had died from this time because the only people there are, are Mary and the brothers and sisters. Uh, this leads Matthew to say, all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. Or Jesus. Or Jesus. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> Meaning <laughs> God with us, I think is what he says. Um, that's a quote from the Septuagint translation of Isaiah 7.14, which renders Alma as virgin instead of young woman, right? It, it actually is the young woman shall conceive and bear a son. Here's the, uh, the NRSV version, complete with the verses following, which uh, Matthew conveniently omits. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. So, what the fuck does that have to do with Jesus? Curds and honey? What the fuck? He shall eat curds and honey. Everybody's eating that back then. That's not a, That's like one of those prophecies people tell me. That it fulfilled. He ate curds and honey. He ate it. Right. Right there. Just like a young woman is with child and she'll bear a son. Oh, my God. That never happens. So, um, you know, you can see what's happening here. The Christians are combing back through the scriptures. They're taking anything that uh, might possibly be attributed to Jesus and kind of shoehorning it in. This is why it's so funny to hear people say about the atheists. Well, you guys say that the Christians changed the Old Testament. No, 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 no. <laughs> didn't change the Old Testament. They didn't rewrite it. They didn't have to. I mean, if the, if the Christians rewrote it, they'd rewrite it better than that. <laughs> I mean, come on. The young woman is with child, and she'll bear a son, and she'll name him Emmanuel. Cross out, and she'll name him Jesus. Uh, anyway, strike one for Matthew's ability to interpret Hebrew scripture. I mean, that's, that's pretty terrible. That's fairly out of context, wouldn't you say? I would say so. In Matthew 2, we have the visit of the wise men. They uh, swing by Herod's to find out where the king of the Jews will be born. Hey, Herod, <laughs> king of the Jews. Where, <laughs> where is he? Where is the new king of the Jews who will replace you? Um, his chief priests tell them that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. They quote Micah uh, 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. Well, there you go. It seems to nail it, right? The Messiah is supposed Done. to be born in a village called Bethlehem. There's not a second part of that name that I didn't catch, though. Yeah, well, I read that. I'm like, what the fuck is Ephrathah doing there? And so, <laughs> a little search in the Old Testament, you know, why Bethlehem of Ephrathah? It turns out in First Chronicles 4.4, 4, we're back into the genealogy again, we find this. These were the sons of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathah, the father of Bethlehem. So actually... Oh. Micah 5.2 was not referring to a place, but a person, Bethlehem of Ethrathah. So, what? There's no Bethlehem? No, it's a person. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, so Bethlehem, son of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to rule in Israel. So, out of your loins, not the village's loins, 
out of the person's loins, Bethlehem, son of Ephrathah. Oh, this is like a comedy road trip. It's I think. <laughs> strike two for Matthew, who's like, oh, there's a village called Bethlehem, so I guess, um, okay, it'll be born here. This isn't looking good. Matthew's like got one strike left and we've just begun. <laughs> Anyway, the wise men follow the star until it stops over Jesus' home. Now, this literally happens. It says, When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. So this star is just fucking, apparently, specifically for the wise men. And why, by the way, why do they stop at Herod's? If they're following the star, and it's moving around in the fucking sky, what, did it disappear for a few minutes? And then they're like, oh, Herod, where am I supposed to go? Bethlehem. Oh, okay. Oh, there's a star anyway, so I guess I'll just keep following the fucking star. Maybe they couldn't, maybe it was cloudy, and they couldn't see, and they had to stop and get directions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I We've already established I'd make a terrible apologist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So the wise men give gifts of uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And this is why we get the number three, by the way. It's never mentioned that there are three wise men in the Bible. But you have the number of gifts as gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so you just say, well, I guess they just brought one gift each. So God warns them in a dream not to return to Herod, so they don't. You know, God could have uh, prevented the whole slaughter of the innocents by saying, go ahead and return back to Herod and report that you didn't find him or... He was stillborn. He was stillborn. It's not like it's the first time God's lied before. So they don't return to Herod. God also warns Joseph in a dream to flee to Egypt. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Man, that sounds really specific, right? He's going to call Jesus out of Egypt. This is in reference to Hosea 11.1. But again, but Matthew... First, first he has to go there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's sending them there specifically so he can call them out. You gotta go to Egypt because I said you'd come from. What the fuck are you doing here? Go over there. I said you'd come from there. <sighs> Matthew only quotes the second half of Hosea eleven one. Here's the whole thing: When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. So there you have it. It's Israel, not Jesus. That is strike three for Matthew. We got no balls. It's all strikes. <laughs> no balls, all strikes. You're out. We haven't even gotten out of the second chapter. Jesus, Matthew. Emmanuel, Matthew. Uh, so again, I wonder if they're, you know, all those experts who are calculating the fucking odds about, how, you know, it's impossible for anyone else other than Jesus to have fulfilled all of these prophecies. Are they counting these fucking prophecies? These aren't fucking prophecies. These are fucking Matthew pulling shit out of his ass. Nowhere else, none of the other Gospels have Jesus going to uh, Egypt. It's all just only in Matthew. So is it possible, perhaps, that Matthew saw this out of Egypt, I have called my son, and then wrote shit in that they traveled to Egypt? No. No. Not at all. It's more likely that that was covertly referring to Jesus as well as Israel. Are you saying that Matthew is attempting to make it look as if Jesus is fulfilling prophecy? That seems to be wildly improbable. So Herod gets pissed off when the wise men don't return. He decides to kill everyone in Bethlehem under the age of two. What? <laughs> two? Yeah. Wasn't he just born? How about like one, at least? Yeah, Herod probably doesn't know how long the uh, wise men have been traveling, so oh. he just it cuts them off. Two and below. I guess then you double it. You double your, your guesstimate, just to make sure. <laughs> Could have been up to two years. 
Now, this story can't be true because it would have appeared in Josephus. Josephus delighted. He spent like fucking four chapters talking about how evil Herod was and all of the uh, terrible things he'd done, all the people in his family he killed. So, you know, I, I don't see how he could fail to mention the massacre of an entire town's infants. That probably would have been on Josephus's radar had it actually occurred. Again, remember, Josephus is only, he was born, I think, in 37, so he's like less than a generation after Jesus. So apparently everyone forgot between like 4 BC and 37 that Herod had massacred all of the babies. That's not really a memorable thing back then. It's like happening all the time. Yeah, pretty common occurrence. Yeah, it's always like, oh, the king killed all our babies again. <laughs> They're like, yeah. Uh, again. Let's have more. Again. <laughs> Matthew uh, says this was done to fulfill the words found in Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. Uh, again, the context of Jeremiah 31 is Israelites being taken captive into Babylon. That's why they're having wailing and loud lamentation and weeping for their children. So Matthew's just making shit up here, uh, as will be seen as we compare these events to those found in Luke, where Luke doesn't mention that at all. I love how uh, in, in Matthew, Joseph and Mary are just living in Bethlehem, right? They didn't have to get to Bethlehem because of his fucking census. They just already live there. And then they go to Egypt... And then they go back to Nazareth because, you know, God finally pulls his son out of Egypt. Uh, He tells Joseph to go back to Israel because Herod has died. But Herod's son was ruling Judea at the time, so Joseph decides to go to Nazareth in Galilee. This was supposedly to fulfill a prophecy that said he will be called a Nazorian. (laughs) But there's no fucking prophecy in all the uh, Hebrew Bible about that. Wait, but I always hear about Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. Nazarene. Yeah, I think they're they're forced because he was, you know, Jesus of Nazareth to say that he at least grew up in Nazareth, even though he was born, they say, in Bethlehem. So they got to get him to Nazareth. So that's Matthew's way of getting him to Nazareth. In Luke, the hometown is Nazareth. The only reason they go to Bethlehem is because of the census, and then they go back right afterwards. They don't go to Egypt. Jesus gets circumcised, and they go right back to their hometown of Nazareth. So these events totally conflict. It's one of the reasons why I think Q is uh, more probable an explanation uh, of these verses that are in Matthew and Luke and not in Mark than uh, having either Matthew use Luke as a source or Luke use Matthew as a source because their accounts are so fucking different. They had to be written independently. Q. I finally learned what Q was. <laughs> Good. It's strong work. <laughs> and M. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should be saying that... Uh, The uh, slaughter of the innocents and the trip to Egypt, uh, the wise men are all M material because they're unique to Matthew. I I still don't understand why he has – he's got him – God's got him moving all over the place. He keeps telling him he'll be from here and from there. What the the hell, Chuck? God moves in mysterious ways, Matt. Like I said, he's got a checklist of shit that he's got to fulfill. So they're hopping all over fucking Judea and out of Judea. I could see it when Jesus finally got to heaven. He's like, okay, first I have to be born here, but then I have to come from here, and then I have to be called from here? Like, why couldn't I just stay here? Stop fucking prophesying, you asshole! Stop it. They have to shoehorn it. Shoehorning is difficult. (laughs) Uh, So in chapter 3, we have Matthew correcting Mark. Uh, by rightly pointing out that the voice of one crying in the wilderness is from Isaiah. So this is redaction criticism. This is where 
Matthew edits Mark and corrects him. So um, he omits Mark's reference to Malachi. So in 3.11, Matthew has John saying, One who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. So (laughs) this again shows the discomfort Matthew had with John baptizing Jesus. In verses 14 through 15, when Jesus does come to be baptized, we have... John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Um, This is because John, uh, in Matthew, baptizes for the remission of sins. So, you've got to have some reason for Jesus to get baptized, other than to have his sins remitted, because he hasn't committed any sins. So, Jesus says to do it for for all, to fulfill all righteousness. In Mark, that baptism isn't even an issue, right? It's just that uh, John shouldn't be uh, baptizing Jesus because Jesus is his spiritual superior. I even remember when I, when I was a kid, where I think that was one among my first like questions, my first, um, you know, those things that just make you go, say what? Like I remember one time we were talking about he just went and baptized them, and then they had that cool part where God speaks from heaven, and then the next time is like, I can't do this. I don't just, I'm not worthy. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And that is a little different, uh, too, in uh, Matthew than it is in Mark. So Jesus is baptized, and in Matthew we have a public proclamation from God. Remember in Mark it was private. In Matthew it says, And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. I love that. That's awesome. That's that's so fantasy novel. <laughs> <laughs> but don't don't worry, Chuck. I have been assured, uh, talking to some uber Christian friends of mine, that these differing uh, stories, I guess you could say, are complementary and yes. not <laughs> contradictory. Yes, they are discrepancies, not contradictions. So then we have the temptations of Jesus. Now, remember in Mark, he just said we, they, he was tempted by Satan. Now we have the actual temptations of Jesus. Here's what actually happened. Oh, nice. Uh, so this is probably from Q, uh, because it's the same almost verbatim in, in both Matthew and Luke, and it's absent in Mark. So the three th- temptations are, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, I can see that being a temptation because Jesus is hungry. He's been fucking fasting for 40 days, right? So take these stones, make them bread. Jesus says, no. No. Well, then make them words that come from the mouth of God. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written... He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Uh, now that's actually tempting, don't you think? Here, throw yourself off the pinnacle. Huh? <laughs> huh? How about that? Very tempting. And Jesus said? Again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Although, I have to say, Satan, I was very tempted to jump off the pinnacle. <laughs> Although that's kind of a cop-out. cop-out <laughs> answer. That is pretty stupid, isn't it? That's just a very generic reply to specific scriptures. Love how Satan is quoting scriptures here, by the way. He's like us, atheists. We know our Bible. What was his final temptation? Temptation number three. 
Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Oh, that's nice. Oh, see, they would have caught him if he jumped. Yeah, you're right. They would have been there. You should have jumped. I wish you would have jumped. That's not really a temptation to tell someone to jump off something. (laughs) (laughs) And plus, doesn't Jesus own all the kingdoms of the world anyway? Isn't he God? What the fuck is is Satan? That's not a temptation either. I already own this shit. You remember this uh, number three uh, from the... uh, Salem witchcraft trials with yes. what's her face? Yes. He told, he took me up to a high place and told me if oh. I just signed this piece of paper, I'd get all the kingdoms of the world. She's a witch. <laughs> One of those two is a witch. <laughs> uh, so then he goes and selects disciples and he preaches to uh, crowds. Uh, unlike in Mark, in Matthew we actually have a good deal of sermons instead of only parables and riddles. Um, this stuff is all cue material as well. Uh, a lot of the saying stuff is from Q. Uh, it's found, again, nearly verbatim in Luke, but it's not found in Mark. Uh, the Beatitudes are found uh, in Matthew 5. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, they occur during the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 through 7. Uh, notice in Matthew, it's blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, in <laughs> In Luke, it's actually blessed are the poor. <laughs> because Matthew knew the value of a dinar. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck the blessed poor. Blessed are the poor. In, it's like he's a Republican. Blessed <laughs> <laughs> are the poor in spirit. I don't fucking actually care about the real poor. <laughs> real poor. Uh, Matthew five seventeen through 18 as a message for anyone who says Jesus did away with those rules. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. That's a sin. He said tittle. Jesus loves the tittles. Jesus loves tittles. Oh, new candy. Take away. (laughs) Do not take away even a single tittle. Oh. Matt, in, uh, in Matthew 5, we also have the uh, so-called antitheses, which I think is a bad name, because the antitheses, so for anger, for example, say, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you shall be liable to the hell of fire. Well. Um, an actual antithesis would be, you know, you've heard it said, you shall not kill. But I say, kill every fucker you want. That's an antithesis. This is kind of like a, just a Jesus' reinterpretation. This is a weird, like, thought crime kind of thing going on here. Same thing for adultery, right? You've heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Again, thought crime, right? Now, what Jesus is doing here is very common. Uh, Pharisees did it all the time. Rabbis of the first century did it all the time. They're they're creating a hedge around uh, the Torah. The uh, Torah has all these rules about don't kill, um, you know, don't do work on the Sabbath. But you know, it never really defines what is killing, right? Is killing a Jew 
as bad as killing a non-Jew? And what is adultery? If if you work on the Sabbath, uh, how many steps can you take? How many steps qualify as work? So the Pharisees actually do this whole little thing where they say, well, you uh, take uh, 200 steps, and, and anything over 200 steps qualifies as work. <laughs> where did they come up with that? Uh, someone's got to come up with something. So Somebody counts it. They're like, let's see, I go to the bathroom four times a day. So I got to make <laughs> sure I can get over there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I get tired after 200 steps, so that's work. So what they're doing is they're forming a hedge around the Torah. So if you keep their uh, commandments, if you don't walk more than 200 steps, you'll never get to the definition of work, right? And Jesus says, you know, if if you never get angry at someone, you'll never actually harm someone or kill someone. And so if if you, that's why he says you have to be more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees. Um, they'll allow you to get angry. They just don't want you to kill. I won't even allow you to get angry. And so you won't even become, you won't even come near violating the law. So that's what, that's what he's after here. But you're right in that it, it does get into your head and uh, make it impossible for anyone to actually keep the law. How do you not get angry with someone? Do you, do you smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> You don't drink. <laughs> Smoking weed will definitely prevent you from doing work on the Sabbath. You just have right. no motivation. In Is five, that work to roll a joint, though? Is that considered work? I don't know. Uh, 200 joints. 200, you cannot roll more than 200 joints. In Matthew uh, 5, section 3, it, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So, no divorce except if uh, your wife's cheating on you. Notice that it doesn't mention the husband cheating, just the wife. Right. And, you know, beating here, you know, uh, physical abuse or verbal abuse, that doesn't qualify. You just gotta suck it up. You just gotta take it. I, I love that. If you divorce your wife, it causes her to commit adultery. <laughs> yes. No, no, nothing on the man. Good job. Uh, turn the other cheek, love your enemies, <clears throat> almsgiving, Lord's Prayer, etc., etc. So three full chapters of Jesus' words. If you get a red-letter edition of the Bible, there are three fucking chapters that are red, straight, blocks of red text. So tell me that, that uh, this is possible 50 years after Jesus died to have verbatim all of his words like this. Fuck not you. Only po- not only possible... But highly probable. Probable. It was a miracle. And we always wait. I can't. I, how many times did I tell you this, Jack? No errors were made in the copying down of anything <laughs> ever. Even orally transmitted for 50 years. That's right. Well, well, you don't, especially oral history, that never gets messed up because you just say it exactly like they tell you. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> I suppose this is Q, the Q document. So that may have only been. Uh, you know, 15 or 20 years, probably contemporaneous with Paul. But uh, even if, if someone's trying to write it down verbatim, right, on his little fucking papyrus, I mean, good right. luck. Who can uh, keep up? In Matthew 8, Jesus finally shuts up for a bit, <clears throat> goes around performing some miracles, cleanses a leper, heals a centurion's servant, stills a storm. Uh, and we get to the uh, story from Mark where there's a demon-possessed man hanging around the tombs near Gadarene. Remember that one? Uh, I never heard of it. <laughs> Only this time, there are two demoniacs. Um, he, <laughs> Matt, you know, because he says, who are you? And, you know, 
my name is Legion, for we are many. So Matthew right. takes that fucking literally and makes right. two people. You know, because a demon, you can't have two demons possessing one person. So it's just a, it's scientifically proven that it's a one-to-one relationship. Right, because that would make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Matthew himself is called by Jesus uh, in uh, chapter 9, verse 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. Now, if Matthew had actually written this, wouldn't he have said, and he said to me, follow me, and I got up and followed him? Oh. Why is this in the third person if it's written <laughs> by the author? It's a literary choice, Chuck. It's, a, it's just it's humility. Style. Yeah. He's humble. And he just got up. So he just got up. He just got up and, and followed him. Okay, follow him. Oh, you sure? Maybe his job sucked. There's, in Matthew 10... You know, tax collecting probably did suck. I think all the Jews hated your guts because you were right. kind of a representative of the Roman government oppressors. Yeah, nobody likes the tax collector. Plus, I bet Matthew was, like, unfairly targeting the conservative rabbis. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. In Matthew 10, Jesus summons the twelve disciples and sends them out to preach. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Whoa. <laughs> I wish Christians would listen to this, you know. It's shake not, you know, the dust of your feet. Yeah. The sodomites, the those those gay sodomites. Those are better than the people who tell a, a Christian preacher to hit the road. If the sodomites were in Gomorrah, uh, Sodom, what was going on in Gomorrah? Lesbian activity. Let's oh, why don't we call them Gomorrah? That's why you get gomorrhea. Gomorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh my now god. I get it. Oh my god. Matthew 10 also demonstrates Jesus' family values. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. What does he have against the in-laws, anyway? I don't know. Are these specific people, or just... <laughs> <laughs> and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So, go fuck yourselves. Split families apart, Jesus. Right. Kill your children, if I command. <laughs> I may stop you. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, in Matthew twelve one, we have the story of Jesus' disciples plucking grain on the Sabbath. Here, Matthew corrects Mark's mistake. Remember, in Mark 2.26, he incorrectly uh, had David entering the house of God when Abiathar was high priest. Matthew 12.3 has Jesus saying, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priests. So he it doesn't mention uh, Abiathar at all. Bread of the presence? the hell is that? That the unleavened loaf? I, I think it's consecration, or yeah, like bread that's been consecrated for the priests. In twelve thirty-eight, the Pharisees asked for a sign. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, "Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you." But he answered to them, 
An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. So keep this in mind when we get to John, right? Jesus says, fuck you, I'm not giving you any signs. I love that answer. Give us a sign. Only assholes need signs. <laughs> That's right. You're a wicked generation for asking for proof, you fuckers. Right. Fuck you and your calls for evidence. Jesus, don't give no signs, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I could, but I won't. I could, but I won't. <laughs> in uh, 1246, Jesus' family comes. While he was still speaking to the crowds, his mother and his brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him. Now, note again, Joseph's not here, so it's presumed that he's dead, I guess. I guess. Right. Maybe he's just <laughs> home working on the farm. Someone told him, uh, look, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. But to the one who had told him this, Jesus replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Note that Matthew re removes the reference to Jesus' family thinking he's gone crazy. <laughs> doesn't doesn't Jesus match with the virgin birth. Sounds kind of like a dick here. A little bit. Oh, yeah. He talks to people. Again, family values, right? Fuck my actual mother, brother, and sisters. Everyone who listens to me and follows me is my mother, brother, and sisters. He so. sounds like that, like a privileged like 20-something who's, who's trying to leave his life behind him. He sounds like a crazy cult leader, right? Like, yeah. This is my family. You are my family. These yeah, are my crazy family Matthew 13.10 repeats Mark's story about why Jesus speaks in parables. Remember, we talked about this last time. The disciples came and asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. <laughs> With them, indeed, is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look and never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing. And they have shut their eyes, so they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. They're so, stupid. <laughs> they're That's why. Right. If I speak they're to idiots. them clearly then they would convert to Christianity and they'd come to the truth and repent of their sins. So, you know, in order that that not happen, I speak in parables. Fuck you, Jesus. See, in Asshole. my book, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus replied, fuck you, that's why. <laughs> because fuck you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I do not want people understanding this shit, all right? Disciples, get it? Uh, in 54, Matthew edits Mark's story about uh, Jesus being rejected in his hometown. He came to his hometown and began to teach the people in their synagogue so that they were astounded and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these deeds of power? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? God damn, that's a big family, Jesus. Yeah. Where then did this man get all this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their own country and in their own house. <laughs> you know, if anything, if any event actually happened in the New Testament, I'm putting money on this one. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is all pissed off. I came, You're going to suck. <laughs> I came to my high school reunion, and they thought they didn't like me. They thought I was an idiot. Fucking assholes. <laughs> Poor Jesus. Where Mark 6.5 had... And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid on his hands a few sick people and cured them. Matthew, oh, that's it? <laughs> Matthew thirteen fifty eight edits this, so it says, 
and he did not do many deeds of power there because of their unbelief. See, it's their fault. Oh, wait. Was it his choice not to do it? In, in Matthew, it's Jesus's choice. In Mark, he didn't have the power to do it. He ah. could do no deed of power there. So, again, we have Matthew editing Mark. And this whole thing brings up the question, right? If these things were true, if Matthew actually did write this, and uh, he's got a, um, a scroll of Mark in front of him, uh, and he's editing this, why would Matthew, who is a disciple of Jesus, who actually walked and talked with Jesus, take Mark's gospel and edit it instead of write his own? Mark wasn't a... Uh, uh, eyewitness to these events. He was a disciple of Peter. He was a secretary of Peter. Why would, say you were doing, um, you, you were writing a biography of your friend. Would you take a story that had been written about your friend by someone who didn't know him and then just edit that as your story? Well, I'm pretty lazy. <laughs> Maybe Matthew <laughs> I, is just I, fucking lazy. That's a maybe good he's, point. Maybe he's a bad writer. Maybe he's got, he's got no skills. And, and he just looks through it and he's like, maybe he just didn't like his account and wanted a better one. Matthew was a much better writer than Mark. He corrects Mark's grammar all the time. Maybe you're right. Maybe he's just lazy. Maybe he's just like, well, I got this third-hand account, so maybe uh, I'll just uh, co-opt all of this and, and it's easier to edit than it is to uh, write my own shit. Yeah, or maybe, you know... <laughs> Jesus, I'm seeing this in books today. Maybe it's, maybe he's just doing his revisionism. He doesn't like Mark. I don't like how he says he could not do no deed of power there. Let's just make it his choice. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's just, mm, I don't like the fact that Mark has him not capable of doing it, so I'll just have him choose not to do it because he's an asshole. <laughs> oh, you didn't like me? Well, fuck you. I'm not doing any miracles here. Well played, Matthew. Well played. <laughs> Matthew 15 has a Pharisees accusing Jesus' disciples of breaking the tradition of the elders by not washing their hands before they eat. And again, this was found in Mark. So the Pharisees say, you are breaking the tradition of the elders uh, by not washing your hands. And Jesus responds, instead of saying, you know, you're right, uh, there's lots of germs there, disciples. Uh, why don't you wash your fucking hands before you eat? I'm with the Pharisees on this one. Jesus responds with, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of father and mother must surely die. But you say that whoever tells father or mother, Whatever support you might have had for me is given to God, then that person need not honor the father. So for the sake of your tradition, you make void the word of God. <laughs> That's so awesome. And the Pharisees reply, like, hey, how about washing your hands? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> the fuck does that have anything to do with anything? I was off on him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, you mind washing your hands before we eat? We all stick our hands in the same bowl. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. You don't honor your father and your mother because you give some money to God. And then, so fuck you. Oh, I've had this argument with people before. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, my God. You remember what? the evidence for faith about how Jesus was the smartest person in the world, right? You pick your fallacy there. Two coke way, non sequitur. I mean, Jesus. Come on. God. Oh. And this may also, by the way, be where Kirk Hasing gets his argumentative style. Oh, yeah? Well, why do you break the commandment of God? 
The only difference is that like every fourth word wasn't in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> but I totally read it as that. Listen, Why if you break the commandment of God <laughs> for the sake of your tradition. If if it were possible to put them in all caps in ancient <laughs> Greek, they would definitely have been all caps. Was everything all caps back then? I don't yeah, even know. I believe it was all caps and no punctuation. <laughs> the whole thing was all caps. Oh. Uh, in Matthew 15:21, we have the Canaanite woman story. This is one of my favorite in the Old Testament or the New Testament, uh, where Jesus has to be cajoled into helping a woman whose daughter is fucking possessed by a demon. So Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. He just fucking, you know, kept eating. Uh, just ignored him. That's what you do with crazy people. You yeah. just kind of ignore him. Oh, God, another demon-possessed fucking... And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps <laughs> shouting after us. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, bitch! She's nagging us, Jesus! (laughs) Send her away! Uh, He answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. (laughs) Fuck you and your demon-possessed daughter. Because you're not an Israelite. So fuck you! She Ah. said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. So once she comes and, you know, kneels before him and and says, you know, even the dogs, even the dogs get tiny scraps from the table. Jesus is like, oh, fine, fine. God, it's like she came up to him and she's like, I'll suck your dick. (laughs) <laughs> finally fine fine I'll heal your daughter not like it cost Jesus fucking anything fine he waves his hand the daughter's fucking cured in Matthew 16 we get the same story about the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that we got from Mark but Matthew makes sure to point out that the disciples understand this time right so he's like ah yes right uh, Jesus explains then they understood that he had not told them to beware of the yeast of bread but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, they said, ah. Ah, because, because it's such a good metaphor. Beware the yeast <laughs> of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because their teachings cause you to expand or rise, <laughs> or what the... F- Jesus. When combined with the appropriate amount of sugar and salt, duck. <laughs> <laughs> the anaerobic reaction of the teachings from it's a fucking terrible metaphor my eyes are open (laughs) it just doesn't make any fucking sense it's not meant to be taken literally I think it means all makers of grain products just admit it Jesus it doesn't fucking make any sense okay um, we will uh, reconvene in a couple weeks for the conclusion of our study on the greatest gospel ever told, Matthew. Spoiler alert! Stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus gets crucified. Zombies roam Jerusalem. Next time on Irreligiosophy. The One True Podcast. 
Celsius.